Let me hit record now because we'll, we'll get some good outtakey stuff as I talk about this. So I do promos. So I'll have you do a promo now on this show, and then I'll take this little snippet that you say in a little bit, and I'll tell you what to say, and I'll put it on a different show, right? So then your, your name and your voice and your URL that you want to promote is on some other podcast. So that means you get you know promoted more than once, see? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it works for me. There you go, right? More promotion is good. Okay, so uh, what you say is something like, hey, this is Caleb Brakey. Am I saying your name right? Yeah, Caleb Brakey. You got it. All right. Not Fixie Brakey. You don't want somebody named Brakey a, a repairman. He's a <laughs> No kidding. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I couldn't resist. Um, uh, okay, so this is Caleb Brakey. Uh, you are listening to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith. Listen up. Oh, but you should say this is Caleb Brakey from speakittobook.com and you are listening to Jeff Smith on Vroom Vroom Veer or something like that. As long as you get those elements in there, your name, your URL, Vroom Vroom Veer, Jeff Smith, uh, praise be Jesus, something like that, whatever you want to say. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whatever. You know. <laughs> I grew up Lutheran, so I, I know a lot about the Bible tip. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Yeah. So, okay. So whenever you're ready to do that, go ahead and hit it. Perfect. Hey, this is Caleb Brakey with speakitobook.com, the premier ghostwriting agency. And I'm here on Vroom Vroom Veer with an excellent podcast for all you listeners out there uh, looking forward to uh, learning a little bit about writing, ghostwriting, and thought leadership. I'd love to tell you uh, to visit uh, startyourbooktoday.com forward slash video and blueprint. Again, that's startyourbooktoday.com forward slash video and blueprint because you're going to learn all about what it is to speak your book into existence and how in the world that ties into thought leadership. Awesome. Wow. Perfect. Perfect. That's perfect. Well done, sir. Okay. So thank you. I'm going to hit stop and then uh, I'm going to go away for just a brief moment and then I'll come right back. Awesome. Okay. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. George Halachev, thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey man, it's going great. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. So uh, you are in Bulgaria and your URL, it's a, like a, a blog slash coaching site, right? Uh, is uh, yeah, it's just my name. Yeah, Very yeah. Creative, I know. <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like stevepavlina.com, right? George yeah, halachev.com. Yeah. You know, I tried that, but my name's Jeff Smith, so it didn't work out so well. So, oh, uh, yeah. You mean in terms of getting the domain or just well, you know, I, I think uh, if I was writing a script to my life, uh, anonymity was important to me. So, you know, oh, okay. there's more than one Jeff Smith in the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I would have to be Jeff Smith 300 and 
38.com. With an index at the end. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just wouldn't work. It just wouldn't yeah. work. Well, I guess I'm lucky then because I have a more unique name. You have, but actually, I have a specific reason for naming it that way because I was thinking for a long time, okay, how am I going to name my website? Right. And everything that I came up with, uh, I, I thought that I wasn't, I might not be doing that in two years, right? It might be just a project, yep. but I'll yep. stop. Yep. But I just want to create something long-term, like for the rest of my life. And what is the one common thing that is not going to change? Well, it's my name. So let's just name it my name. Let's hope and so. Whatever I'm, yeah, whatever, uh, I don't have plans to change it. But whatever I'm doing from now on, I can just put it on my website. I don't have to worry about the name anymore. So I love that, yeah. you know, because I'm right there with you because, uh, one thing that I, I found out about me is niches don't work for me because mm. um, I know I'm going to be bored in a niche. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't begrudge people. Actually, I kind of envy people that can kill a niche, you know, pick a thing and, you know, I'm going to be a piano teacher and just kill it. You know, <laughs> I, I look at them and like, oh, I wish I could do that. <laughs> but alas, uh, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> I'm with well, you. You're doing pretty good on the Jeff Smith 304 niche. There you go. That's that's yeah. my niche. The, I, I think there's probably, you know, in the, I don't even know. We should do that, uh, some research on Google and see how many people there are named Jeff Smith in the United <laughs> States and then in yeah. Europe. And uh, anyway. Uh, okay. So let's, uh, let's chat a little bit about what you do, what you talk about on your, on your website. Sure. Well, the website is actually my, um, if I can call it a love project too, even though it's professional, but it's not something that I'm making money of gotcha. right now. Right. It's something that I'm doing for fun. Sure. My actual business, uh, what I'm doing right now is coaching. It's right. something like life coaching. Sure. It's mainly productivity and uh, building habits. Okay. And on, on the blog, I uh, write mostly about uh, self-improvement, productivity stuff, everything mm -hmm. that I've learned, you know, just experiment, experimenting with my own life and right. with my plants that I work on. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. I checked it out a little bit and uh, mm -hmm. and I like the variety. You yeah. know, it is all like like hanging around productivity mostly, but yeah. you've got some such stuff in there that's very nerdy too. <laughs> which is still you know productivity but you know like auto hotkeys see that that's awesome yeah. I, I was yeah. like oh I, I should do this because <laughs> we all waste time right like oh now i've yeah. got i've got eight windows open and i need skype right now right yeah 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 and what's the fastest I'm way to get there a hotkey <laughs> <laughs> i'm a, a very much a nerd in my heart yeah, yeah me too and when i was when i was writing uh this article, I thought very few people are going to appreciate this. Like very few people are going to be that much of a nerd. Yeah. But the ones that do are going to really appreciate it. That's true. So I just, even though there is not a lot of traffic for this article, a lot of people sent like feedback to me that I love this. This is awesome. Yeah. Right. yeah. So you never know what people are going to find useful and it yeah. has nothing to do with how much time or effort you put into it. Yeah. Yeah. I hate making YouTube videos. I really, I really don't like it because, because why? Because usually, uh, I overplan them, try to be overly perfect and, and then they come out being like overly stupid and dumb and long. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. so one time, uh, way back when, I think it was in 2014 on the podcast before this podcast, 
I had this victory moment where I I figured out finally how to record a, a Skype call like we're doing right now using my yeah. mixer and my microphone and my computer at that time. Now, it's different now because I've changed my setup. But still, in that moment, I grabbed my iPod Touch Generation 4 and made a five-minute video and explained how it was set up and posted it immediately to YouTube. That yeah. is the most common, and it took five minutes to do. I just sat there with the thing and recorded and went, this is plugged into there, that's plugged into there, this, and remember to do this, you know? <laughs> and then you got to go into your audio settings. And, and it was so simple, right? And I was just really? so proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fear moment right it there. Was a, well, it was more like, yay, I did it. And, you know, and I had spent, I don't know how many weeks trying to figure it out, and there was yep. nothing out there yet to say, how to set this up and how to make it work right. So yeah. that video on YouTube is my most commented and most viewed. So, and it took me like five minutes to make it. <laughs> it probably took longer to nice. upload. <laughs> right. right. I've, I've seen this pattern very much in my own blog or whatever I'm doing. If I follow this inspiration from having a problem myself and then struggling to figure it out. Yeah. And when I figure it out, then I write something or do a video or whatever. Yeah. And that's usually the content that is most yeah. successful. Because you, you, already, awesome. yeah, yeah. you already know that it's, it's a solution to a problem. Yeah, yeah. You have evidence that. because you've done it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, well, let's, let's go back in time and talk, talk about some of your stories uh, where, you, totally. where, yeah, where you went through um, some sort of struggle, you know, however, whatever that is, and, uh, and then... <clears throat> you solve the problem, let's hope, uh, and then uh, you learn something. Awesome. I'd love to. So my first story is about spirituality. Ooh. Oh, I love spirituality. Uh, Yay. You do? Oh, we could talk awesome. about that the whole show. Well, you'll have to come back next week. Well, that's the longer story, so you'll love it, I, I'm sure. I love it already. So I started as uh, a young guy. I was very hardcore, pragmatic, you know, intellectual atheist. I hated everything that uh, was out there, you know, and not just okay. I hated it. It was just I didn't believe in it. I know. I know and, a lot of hardcore atheists that don't want to know anything about woo-woo-ness. Yes. So yeah. I yeah. get it. I so, know where you're at. And I think it started because uh, as a kid, I was raised as a Christian. Okay. And, you know, being a, a, a religious, religious, I, I didn't you know, get much of this experience. In fact, I got a lot of uh, negative sides of it. Okay. And as a, as a very young kid, I veered away from it, you know, sure. as a naturally as I got into school. And then I got into the hardcore pragmatic side. I didn't, you know, want to do anything with the spirituality side. Okay. And then I, uh, about, I think it was 19 or 20 years old, I uh, started reading Steve's blog, stevepavlina.com. Right. Sure, sure. <clears throat> Me too. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I instantly clicked with uh, what he was talking about because he was a very much like me back then. He was very intellectual. He was right. uh, he had a you know scientific uh, background. He was a programmer dude. Right. He needed to explain and test everything. I instantly clicked with his, his idea and his writing and everything. Okay. And over over a few months, I read everything that I could find from him and mm -hmm. built so much trust because. Here I am, like a 19-year-old guy. I've never read anything about, you know, productivity or personal development. And he just blew my world open into all these ideas. Sure. So I had instant trust with the guy. 
and and because I trusted him so much, uh, for some reason I hadn't read any of his uh, spiritual content back then. Right. Okay. But I remember one day, and I remember the day specifically. I was it was uh, uh, Christmas Eve, actually. I was uh, in my parents' house, and I just happened to read one of his articles that was on spirituality, and it was so weird to me back then, you know, that this guy that I trusted so much, that was so intellectual and so pragmatic, would write something like that and would believe something like that, you know. Okay. I, I believe this story was uh, about his one of his friends died, and he tried to connect with him in some spiritual way, you know, tried some channeling stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember if it was anybody else telling that story, mm-hmm. I'd probably just disregard it and think, oh, woo-woo stuff or whatever. Okay. But just because I had built that trust by reading his articles before, mm-hmm. my whole mind was blown open into this spiritual world. Yeah, I've, for two days, I sat there thinking, really? Does he really believe in this stuff? <laughs> right, right. I get it. Right. And, and it was with that sense of, oh, my God, this is something else could be possible here. Maybe it's not just the intellectual and atheist stuff. Mm. And it was, a, it was a, for two days, it was an instant tra- transformation, probably one of the biggest ones that I've had in my life, just opening my mind to the, to the spiritual side. Okay. And, and that was actually the veer moment. That oh, for sure. Steered me towards something else, mm. and from that point on, actually, I went into the other extreme with trying a whole bunch of stuff that it's, you know, most people consider weird, like LSD and shrooms and yeah. shamans and yeah, ayahuasca. Yeah. You know, the whole shebang, the whole deal. You went, you went whole hog, huh? You went all totally, the way in. <laughs> totally on the wow. Okay, so yeah. we got to get some of those stories. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Good and for it you. was for a long time, too. Yeah, I was two years into doing that, that stuff. Wow, uh, two years. Wow. Okay. So, you know what? Not, but before, not all the time. Yeah, yeah. Before, before we get too far into this, let me just sure. say, I got, uh, I guess I'm going to say I got either lucky or not lucky, depending on your point of view. But... Somewhere in my spiritual journey, I heard this story who was uh, of a guy, I think he was like uh, Timothy Leary. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, it was either him or one of his other buddies. He was like, it could have been, no, I think it was Ram Das who was one of Timothy Leary's buddies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he went to India and gave some LSD to this like spiritual master guy. Yeah. And, and he was like, he was like trying to be like the, the good student. And he was like, master, try some of this. Right. And he was about to get into the explanation of what LSD does and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And, and the master grabbed it and swallowed it all at once. Right. (laughs) And, and, uh, and Ram Dass just sort of like freaked out. He's like, Oh my God, it's going to kill you. It had zero effect on this guy. Oh, wow. Zero effect. He, wow. He felt nothing of LSD. And the answer, when, when he asked, he said, why didn't this affect you? And you, oh, by the way, overdosed. Yeah, right? Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm already there. He's already tripping? He was already there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because LSD doesn't do anything that you don't have access to, you know, yeah, yeah. right now. You know? Yeah. You know, that's just a path. So anyway. I, I wanted yeah. to get that. So I was like, why waste that time and risk prosecution if <laughs> if I can find <laughs> another path, right? So anyway. That's that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> or usually, 
usually it's a shortcut, you know, people right, do it because right, they don't right, want right. to sit under a tree for 25 years, but right. you know, right, right. Okay. So sorry, I interrupted the story. So, okay. So you start, you embark on this. Now it's now, instead of being the total atheist, there is nothing beyond this kind of veil yeah. sort of situation. You get into this, I must investigate all things spiritual basically, right? Totally, yeah. Okay. I totally did with both with uh, these experiences, you know, LSD and and the shrooms, right. meeting all kinds of uh, all kinds of people. Right. I went to meditation retreats. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if you know Vipassana. Yeah. I've been on three of those retreats. Wow. But, That's pretty yeah, brutal. Those are hardcore. It is. Have you been on one? No, but I've uh, I've talked to people that have done it. I've you know because a lot of the folks in in Steve's group and workshops. Yeah. They mm-hmm. go to these things. So yeah. I've investigated. I've never taken the time to do it. It's still on my bucket list. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, the thing, I, I remember the last time I considered doing it, um, mm-hmm. I was in a yoga class, right? Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the yoga instructor was like, um, he was like, oh, uh, uh, I'm getting ready to go do vis- Vipassana, right? Is that, how, mm-hmm. is that how you say it? Vipassana. Vipassana. Okay. I'm pretty close. And, yeah. uh, and I'm like, okay, well, Hey, have fun. And he's like, dude, it's <laughs> totally not fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like saying going to, I'm going to a military boot camp. Have and fun. the other person says, go have fun. Yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. I, I get it now. Right. But <laughs> at, at the time I was like, well, why do it if it's not fun? You know, I've kind of got this rule. Right. Yeah. Now that's not necessarily the case. You know, obviously life can't all be fun. But anyway, yep. so tell, talk about it. Tell us, tell us your story. I, I keep interrupting. No, that's good. It's the Vipassana stuff. It, it was brutal, and it's the brutal thing was for your mind mostly, because there it is challenging physically too. You know, right. because you have you have to sit and meditate for ten hours a day. Yeah, that's challenging. But the more challenging part is actually getting disconnected from society and everything that you've been used to. You right. know, the computer and the internet, and all the distractions, phone, yeah, all the distractions, communication. You're actually Even not like allowed reading to talk and about. TV or everything. whatever you use to distract yourself work activity Everything. basically yeah, yeah it's basically yeah. A, a mode of mind it's like you're giving away anything that might put your brain into the alpha wave <laughs> yeah. nope yeah. not gonna do that and, and, and now you have to do it all yourself without <clears throat> right. any help right right so that's what, actually the part yeah. so talk about because I, I bet a lot of people listening don't really understand uh, anything about it. So just, you know, briefly describe, um, what it is to go into this sort of retreat. How long does it last? Um, explain what a day looks like. Yeah. So there, there are a couple of retreats, a couple of types, uh, the 10 day there's 20 day and 30 day, and then there's 45 day. And usually they don't let you get in into the longer ones, the 20 day ones Mm -hmm. without, having a lot of experience first. I think the requirements are you have to do at least three 10 day ones okay. and you have to have to be a volunteer assistant at at least one of those. Okay. So you need a lot of experience and that's not actually um, just a, an artificial barrier to mm. get into it. It's mm-hmm. just because people saw that it's very, very, a lot of people quit on the 10 day retreat. So right. they said, it's just, there's no point, you know, to go to the 21, 20 day one. Right. Prove that you can do 10 first. 
Exactly. So the yeah. 10, 10 day ones, you can uh, get into it without any experience. And uh, it's 10 days. The rules are no phones, no books. Uh, you don't have anything to write. You're just with yourself and your mind. You're not allowed to talk to anybody without any, you know, no contact, no eye contact, no touching anybody. And it's not because of religious reasons or some dogmatic idea. Mm-hmm. The point is to become completely isolated with yourself so you can work on yourself without any any distractions or any help like you said nothing to put you in the in the alpha wave yeah you have to do it yourself and that's actually the brutal part because you don't have any anything to cheat with right because you know if you get sad at home you just launch youtube and watch a bunch of videos and you feel better right sure but if you get sad over there you have to deal with it you have to just kind of be sad a little bit. Be sad. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe more Do than a little it. bit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So did you go that, through some of those emotional? Oh, you go through so many things. Yeah. It, memories from the past, just random feelings and emotion that come up. Come up. Mm-hmm. And just because it's physically challenging too, all those negative experiences start to come up for some reason and mm-hmm. you have to deal with them yourself. It's sort of like therapy, but there is no therapist to help you. You just have to process it. Luckily, they give you um, a lot of techniques, you know, just to deal with it, it, a lot of processes that help you go through it, but you have to do them yourself. Mm. So basically, you get like a small room, right? It's like a, it's like a, a, and that's where you sleep? Yeah, that's your... uh, And that's your, also your meditation room? Well, it is... So you get you get this room where you sleep and you meditate for half the time, and mm-hmm. then you have the big room, which is kind of like a, a big ballroom or a, a yoga room, okay. where you have the group meditations, and okay. that's basically fifty fifty between the the group meditations and your own personal meditations. Okay, and usually it's about doing a, a session of one hour of meditation, then getting a, a break like thirty minutes or a half an hour, or a one hour break, and then going and doing another meditation. Okay, so then you basically get a lunch like break. an hour, an hour at a time you sit. Yeah, yeah, that's that the makes, maximum. Yeah, that makes sense because otherwise you're going to get all like crampy, right? Well, <laughs> you, you, you do get crampy even for 20 minutes. Right, so, right. So yeah, one hour is a torture, especially if you're just starting out. Yeah, wow. See, now Japanese people could do this like a, a lot easier than us. It, it's weird because like... They just live on the floor, <laughs> you know, so it's like it's nothing for them to sit on, sit and sit and squat. And like, you know, uh, for me to sit in for dinner on the yeah. floor with with my legs sort of like with nowhere to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like I'm trying to eat and do yoga at the same time. I just did it. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I was like, wow, you know, and it's nothing to them. It's just like, it's like yeah. breathing, you know? So they would, they would have fewer challenges with that part anyway. <laughs> well, that's, that's why Zen is so popular there. There you go. We're, we are so spoiled here. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. 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 Well, I don't know. It's just, it's a cultural thing where they, uh, the, part of their culture is like, it's like furniture is not as prevalent. which is good it's really you know we're finding out now that like sitting in a chair is like really bad for you so you know oh tell me about it i actually have a story about that too really sitting too much and getting a hernia and and my spine which is what oh my god yeah yeah 
Wow. Totally. And it's really bad because if you don't take care of it and like fix your posture and stand up more, yeah. you, you can actually get paralyzed from this. Oh so my it's, God. Uh, totally. Yeah. I can personally attest to the, how, how bad it is to sit all day. Right. Wow. So what you yeah. must've been doing, let's get into that. So I, I don't know. Are you done with the spiritual stuff or do you want to talk more about that? Well, let's, let's talk about it. You know, uh, it's, I, do you want to talk about how I got there? How you got, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Tell, tell the story of like, uh, of you were sitting too long. <laughs> right? Yep. So why? <laughs> well, like, like I mentioned, I'm a big nerd. And that sure. started with a lot of game playing, you know, video games. Okay. And, and my early teens up sure. until my, you know, mid-20s. Me too. So a lot I, of game playing. I, I'm like a, a PC gamer. So I, I get it. Me too. What's your favorite game? My favorite all-time game or right now game? Because I all-time all-time game has got to be the Half Life series. Oh yeah, so you're into shooters? Uh, I'm I mostly like games for the story, but yeah, I've played a lot of shooters, awesome. first-person oh. shooters. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the story too and the RPG element. So my favorite one is WoW, World of Warcraft. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Every, I, I kind of avoided that one because I, I saw how addictive it was for. <laughs> they called it Warcrack, right? <laughs> World of Warcrack. <laughs> I, I, I spent about five years of my life there. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So good for you. Yeah. So okay. So you're you're yeah. addicted to sitting and uh, and nerding out on your computer. Got it. Yeah. So I spent about 10 years sitting in front of uh, the computer playing games and wow. then about 10 years uh, working jobs that require sitting, you know, at the desk. Sure. So, yeah, bad posture to add yep. to the damage. So right. eventually um, I started getting some, uh, you know, apparently there was a problem, but I didn't know about the problem oh, because yeah. you don't get any symptoms. Right. And then one day I would just, uh, you know, stepping over a cable or something and I got this blinding pain in my in my back wow. basically threw my back out yeah but it wasn't just uh you know something that's going to recover for a, a day or two wow. i actually spent like two weeks couldn't walk couldn't get out, get out of the bed and uh, so this is a herniated spine uh disc in the spine which yeah. can uh, can actually affect some of your nerves so how and bad was it was the was the actual hernia like leaking fluid or was it just sort of like a squished did they did they get into the severity of it i think it was leaking luckily Ugh. it didn't get so, yeah. so bad yeah, yeah so it healed and yeah it, so it you healed. didn't oh good it healed that means you didn't have to have surgery yeah yeah good for so you I, I you got lucky, lucky. <laughs> you did get lucky <laughs> i think it, it's it's ironically good that it happened when you were young yeah. Isn't that stupid? <laughs> you know, like because when you're younger, then you're you're more likely to have the capacity to heal, you know. Yeah. Whereas it when it happens to folks a little bit older or later on, then you know, they they really don't have a whole lot of choice if it if it gets, you know, to the point where they need to, you know, get in there and do mechanical correction. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So keep going. So I, I started taking measures you know, right away because it's a you know it's a serious thing. So oh, I yeah. got a stand-up desk. I got this uh, big physio ball to stand uh, on, which basically forces you to stand in a right position okay. instead mm -hmm. of you know a bad one in the right. chair. Mm. So doing a lot more walking and these you know physio physio rehab things, uh, exercises, and that helped a lot. 
uh, up to the point where now I feel fine and there's no pain. I, you know, I can walk normally. Good. Um, so I was, you know, as you said, lucky to be able to do all this stuff. Mm. But, you know, if, if you have the chance to do something before it happens, do, do it sure. because yes. you, know, you don't want to. Because being around uh, this whole process, I've heard so many horror stories of young people in their 20s just getting paralyzed from something like that. Really? And it, wow. Yeah, it does. It doesn't take a lot. A lot of the stories are. Yeah. You know what? I think mm -hmm. this is probably like a generational thing a little bit because because yeah. um, I can tell you the story. Now, mine, I didn't have a herniated disc, but mm -hmm. I did have chronic back pain. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think back like in somewhere around 88, 89 time frame. Yeah. I had my very first full-on back spasm, and it was, uh, I think I actually was carrying a lot of military gear during one of these uh, exercises mm -hmm. where you have to, like, carry way too much weight <laughs> all damn day, and, yeah. uh, and, then, and then sit for hours on end. So I yeah. remember sitting in this, uh, in this dorm room, right, and we were in yeah. shelter-in-place mode, and, uh, and, and again, there was... I was sitting on the floor and I think I was sitting on my helmet and, mm -hmm. uh, all of a sudden, uh, I had this, like what you, what you described, it was this like yeah. shooting pain at my lower back and mm -hmm. I'm young. I was really young. I was like 19 or something, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I went to the doctor and they said, yeah, you had a back spasm It happens. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't happen to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but thankfully, that's all it was. Um, and really, it that it that kind of hung out with me as a as an occasional friend, where it seemed like I was fine. You know, if it happened, yeah. all I had to do was rest. Right? I would take a couple of aspirin, take a hot shower, and then ice my back and not do anything. Uh, just basically just rest for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, and then I would be okay, but I wasn't really fixing it. Right. I wasn't mm -hmm. correcting any problem. And it wasn't until years later, I went to massage school like around 2012 and I learned yeah. about trigger points, but, yeah. uh, and then, uh, and, and all kinds of therapy and just, you know, like self massage basically is what it came down to. And I started mm -hmm. doing yoga and I started to, to learn the evils <laughs> of, <laughs> of sitting on your ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so thankfully, I got lucky because I think why I brought up, I think it's a generational thing. See, so when I was a kid, um, we didn't have, I mean, we had like, uh, we didn't have the internet. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have like World of Warcraft or Half-Life 2 or any of these really yeah. like super engaging uh, computer-y things to sit, our, sit, you know. So we only had like three channels of TV and that got boring really <laughs> quick. Um, yeah. So we spent a lot of time running around like getting physically hurt in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> Just because that was the thing to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I didn't really become a, a full on couch potato until I had my grown up job. And, but yeah. even then, you know, I, I was always like very, uh, I always had jobs that were like, didn't have me sitting at the desk for hours on end. There was lots of sitting, but it was, there was like spurts of, ah, running around. 
<laughs> Thank God. <laughs> the military is good at that. Than, yeah. You are luckier than most, most people. Most right. people just have to sit all day. That's yeah, terrible. I know. Yeah. yeah I got lucky. But, the, but the, same th- the same thing happened in my childhood. I can tell you like the same thing until second or third grade, you know, playing ball outside and playing all, all sorts of game running games running around. Yeah. And then the thing that killed it was PC clubs, you know, clubs with, you know, playing uh, LAN and yep. Quake. Ah, I love everything Quake. Ended. Oh, That's yeah. Land parties. <laughs> yeah. And the low pink bastards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was uh, I was in Japan. That was my second trip to Japan, I think, when and that was Quake 2. So I got yeah. into Quake 2 big time. Yeah. Yeah. And Half-Life 2 was, was based on uh, the Quake 2 engine. Anyway, now we're nerding out, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, uh, you recover from uh, this back injury. So, yeah. and, and then, so what sort of things did you do on a regular basis to make sure you didn't get another herniated disc? So just well, more a- walking, more yoga. Or, I don't know, yeah. did you get into yoga? No, not really. For some reason, yoga was always very boring to me. Sure. And I know a lot of people are going to hate me for that, but, you know. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Yeah, whatever. I, I like gym more. Weightlifting just yeah. feels more fun to me, more energizing. Sure. But actually, this whole episode happened very recently. It was this year, in the beginning of this year. This thing? So With the Hermione? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, this year? It was, wow. It was this year. Wow. Yeah. My goodness. So I spent a few months recovering from that. And the last couple of months were making sure, you know, that I don't sit so much and then do uh, some exercises to strengthen my core muscles Good. just because, you know, to have support for the spine. Right. And luckily, you know, I haven't had any of those issues. That's great. From back then. Yeah. yeah. With me, I was able to, um, so I can say like I, when I was in massage school, I was, mm-hmm. uh, and then I was, I actually worked in a spa doing like spa style massage for about yeah. a year, year and a half ish. And I mm-hmm. noticed that doing, just doing massage increased the frequency of those back spasms. So I was like, I got to figure this shit out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, and it wasn't just that. So I started, I, I got really into fixing my body and taking responsibility for you know, learning enough um, yeah. of what, you know, first I always have this rule of you got to stop the bleeding, right? Yeah. Because every, you know, if you start doing like patching, right? Uh, oh, totally. I, I hurt myself. I've got to fix myself. <laughs> you, you have to stop doing the thing that's hurting you. <laughs> yeah. Stop the cause. Yes. Yes. Stop the bleeding. Right. Yeah. So uh, I figured out that um, I didn't want to have a massage job, but I also needed to get off my ass. So, uh, and then I started doing yoga just because that was the thing that I found before I did yoga. I was doing like a lot of walking. My wife and I just non act, even exercise. kind of walk <laughs> just like, Hey, you want to go for a walk? Yeah. And yeah. then you go for a walk, <laughs> right? Yeah. Just walking. Uh, it's awesome. It's amazing. You know? And now we do that like almost every night, you know, if, if, if we're both home in the evening, she'll be like, we'll guilt each other into taking a walk. And once we get out there, then we're loving it. Um, That's so nice. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. And then I also, you know, learned uh, all about that trigger point therapy. And mm-hmm. um, 
that was amazing because I learned so much. Uh, did, did that help you with the back problem specifically? It did. Yeah. Because oh, yeah? yeah, the, the thing what a trigger point is, is they're just like small little patches of muscle tissue that uh-huh. are in a chronic state of spasm. Okay. Uh-huh. And what happens is, is these guys, these little patches of muscles are just hanging out there and they're constantly asking for more blood flow, but mm-hmm. your brain sort of tunes it out. So that's what they call, it's an inactive trigger point. So it's there, it's in stress, but it's not going to kill you, right? But mm. if you go and do like an activity or for whatever reason you wake that up, then yeah. all of the muscles around that little patch are going to sort of like go into spasm all at once too. And then, oh, wow. then you're on your ass. <laughs> oh, wow. So, Sounds really bad. Yeah. Oh, it's, the, it's, it's not as bad as having a herniated disc, for Christ's sake. Yeah. But it's, it, you know, it's going to take you out of the game for a couple of days. Yeah. So, and it wasn't just that. I mean, it was like I remember back before I was when my body just really hurt. Like mm-hmm. I, long drives were just killer, right? Yeah. So yeah. like I would always, always, I would always get like really bad pain in my abdomen and my hip hips mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. like long drives. So I yeah. learned that that's all connected, right? So mm-hmm. it's all lower back mostly. Um, it wasn't just lower back either. I mean, I yeah. learned that I needed to get good shoes too. Mm-hmm. Um, because if your shoes are, are hurting, they don't even, if they hurt your feet, then get, don't wear them, <laughs> get shoes that don't hurt your feet. Uh, right, right. But the whole posture is affected, right? Yes. Yes. Right. So I can tell you this story where I had this job and I was walking a lot, right? And the yeah. shoes that I were wearing, the shoes that I was wearing, I really loved and they didn't hurt my feet. But mm. after I was walking around forever, I, I realized that uh, I was having like really intense hip pain. And I was like, so I would go home and I would do the foam roller and, the, and, the, and all the trigger point stuff and self massage and try to walk it out. And I'm like, okay, this isn't, I'm sitting too much because I'm walking all day. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's gotta be something else. So I, I just, just started like basically stabbing in the dark and I was like, I'll try different shoes. (laughs) (laughs) And that, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. That was, it wasn't the first guess obviously because I was doing everything else, but then I was like, okay, fine. I'll try different shoes. And it turned out that that, that helped, I guess, who knows, you know, maybe one was like, worn out in a, in a weird pattern. So my one leg was slightly longer than the other or shorter than the other or whatever. But yeah, yeah. shoes are huge. I know yeah. <laughs> all these weird things we learned, but yeah, now I can drive forever and I can walk <laughs> forever just correcting the shoes. And then knowing like when one of these things pops up, then I yeah. know I've been a little too lazy or I've been like, slacking off by my walking or my, my weightlifting, something like that. So yeah. Yeah. I feel so much better since massage school. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, but this this topic of just finding the cause of the problem is so so important because I feel so many of uh, you know today's solutions are not really solutions; they're just focusing on taking care of the the symptom. The symptom. Yes. Yeah. Especially you know today's medicine, but if unless you find the problem, it's just it's not happening, man. It's it's gonna keep bothering you. But the, the and thing that is, be, is they, they like that because they, they the, the people yeah, selling yeah. the cure, right? Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to actually fix the thing because then right, they can't right. sell their symptom cure anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But even even if it's not about pharmaceuticals or something like that, right. just because I, I'm in the, in the personal development field, coaching a lot of people how to build habits, right. even in that field, people are focused on doing something to solve the problem. I'll give you an example. Some people try to change their diet, right? Which is right. an awesome thing. It's great. But we're working on changing the habit. How do you do it? How do you, what kind of food do you eat? At what time? Mm. How do you uh, stop yourself from eating the bad stuff? Right. But to me, that is still on a very superficial level. It's not fixing the cause of the problem, which for most people is loneliness or a lack You're of right. you know social connection You're right. and that's why they're yeah. overcompensating with a bad diet you yes. know that's why it's so difficult so yeah. unless you fix that cause that yeah. the habit is not going away yeah oh i learned something uh on my trip to japan right yeah, yeah. i uh so you know i was in vacation mode so i ordinarily eat like um what they call the slow carb diet uh yeah from tim ferris and so you can't really do that. They don't even have beans in Japan, basically. <laughs> so and when I'm in Japan, I'm just like, whatever. I'm eating rice. I'm eating white bread. Who cares, <laughs> right? So right. I'm eating all this, quote unquote, junk food, right? Yeah. And it feels like I'm losing weight. And wow. I'm like, how can this be, right? Yeah. And I'm even drinking beer. And, and I hadn't been drinking beer in like uh, more than a month before I went yeah. to Japan. So I get to Japan and I, and I, and I realized that it feels like I'm, I'm losing weight. And then I got on yep. the scale. It turned out I gained four pounds, <laughs> <laughs> but it, I still felt better and, yeah. and it felt like thinner. Have you ever been in that situation where you're actually putting on weight, but you feel thinner? Um, well, I, I think what it was, was in my downtime in Japan, Mm-hmm. I was uh, mostly screwing around on uh, my father-in-law's laptop, like watching videos mm -hmm. or, you know, deleting email or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But in that scenario, right, in, in just sitting and watching videos on, on a computer, yeah. I, I'm not triggered to have a snack. Right. But when I come home and sit on the damn couch and watch big TV... <laughs> Oh, I, I'm right. suddenly hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Magically, all Magically. of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. That's I'll, exactly it. That's it, exactly well, it. Well, it was. Uh, I the, I think the revelation was was, you know, if you can if you can sort of like get to zero snacking, mm -hmm. you're gonna you're gonna like see a huge difference, <laughs> regardless of what you're eating. You know, because what you right. said was is true. These uh, these binges that were that were sort of like surfing too. <laughs> it's like when I yeah. had a job, right? And uh -huh. and say like you're really like that sort of like stressed out and tired, and all you want to do is go home and veg, kind of tired, yeah, and exhausted, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, 
pizza in beer is just like the best drug cocktail on the planet. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> totally. It's like, I want TV, beer, and pizza now. Stat! <laughs> <laughs> and then you just you just overdose on all these, uh, I don't know, happy brain chemicals and, yep. uh, and pass out. <laughs> anyway, we all Feels do that. Feels too familiar. Too right? familiar. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. right, though. I mean, we're, we're using food as drugs, basically. Yep. And I think it's a, it's a really good measuring mechanism, if that makes sense, like to use it like a dashboard for your life. Yeah. If you're using too much of that stuff, you know, overeating or even using drugs or any form of, you know, just getting to the, the quick reward. Yeah. It means that there's probably something deeper that is going on in your life that is not so good. Either your oh, job yeah. or, you know, anything can trigger it, but it's on a deeper level. For sure. There's something that you're avoiding. Yeah. That like if you were in one of those meditation routines, <laughs> you wouldn't have any of those cheats. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty good way to find out what it is. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I had a, another guest um, and he was a psychologist mm-hmm. and uh, and he was saying like he attri- he basically calls um, like junk food is yeah. basically like um like get, a person eating junk food is like a rat or a, a lab a mouse that's been addicted to something like heroin or something right yeah so yeah. what when they when they experiment on these animals um and they give them something that so heroin short circuits the pleasure pathway in your brain and mm-hmm. it just makes you immediately pleasured right yep so you just feel, ah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So once you get to that, any old mammal, it doesn't matter if you're a mouse or a human or an elephant, doesn't matter. If you short circuit your pleasure <clears throat> pathway in your brain, then, mm-hmm. and, and he put it so eloquently, he was like, uh, you will do anything to get that feeling again. And, yep. and to the point of, extreme self-neglect is what is, yeah. how, is how he put it in these in these lab animals right yeah. so they yeah. don't they don't groom themselves they get overweight they don't exercise because all they care about is getting that next fix and that sounded yep. a lot like me <laughs> 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 that guy on the couch in his sweatpants <laughs> <laughs> right i mean we've all been there it's okay Totally. But have you heard about the rat park experiment? No. Talk about the, the rat park. What, what is that? It's a, it's a, what you're saying is very true, but most of those experiences that they do with the rats are done in isolation, like a single fish tank with a right. single rat inside, right, isolated right. with a trigger to, to trigger the, the heroin shot. But this guy... Uh, I think his name was Alexander, professor of some kind, uh-huh. uh, did this experiment with two control groups. One was the normal experiment with the rat, uh, a single uh, single doubt in a cell. And the, the other group was actually a beautiful rat park designed a big, a big container with all sorts of quote unquote entertainment for the rats. Okay. Uh, like a little tunnels, a water, and everything to play, everything that they needed to satisfy their needs, right? Okay. And there were a lot of them in there. So they can be social, you know, right. uh, 
run around and do everything that a rat needed to do, right? It's like a, a rat conscious girl worth work group. For <laughs> totally, totally. In a casino. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to one of those, so I, I'm a little jealous, by the way. Ah. But, yeah. Uh, so what someday, happened in, though, in, in, in Rat Park? Yeah, so the, the interesting thing was that the single-doubt rats did exactly what you said they do. They just get stoned until they die, basically. They have no no way to right. stop it. Right, right. But the, the rats in the rat park... Neglect. yes. Okay. Exactly. But the rats in the rat park be, that had all their needs met and had everything they needed, they tried the heroin once or twice, but they'd never get addicted to it. Just because... Really? Yeah, and they actually had water and water with heroin. And the rats in the rat park preferred the natural water to the, wow. the, the water and with heroin after a while. Wow. And, and the rats that were in isolation just kept hitting themselves with the heroin and eventually dying. Mm, holy cow. I, yeah. Wow. So and it's what's such the a, takeaway then? Because I have a guess, but I, I, I want you to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the takeaway is that if you're isolated and, and, and uh, have none of your needs met, basically a couch potato, Mm. You're very likely to kill yourself, not maybe not with heroin, but you know, just with junk food and watching TV and beer. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> if you if you have a a great life with a lot of people and a lot of you know social support and a lot of your needs are met in a healthy way, mm. then you don't really have to force yourself to stop your bad diet or force yourself to get off the couch. It just right. happens naturally. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I I went through that sort of like isolation period when mm-hmm. I was like, uh, you know, not working and uh, trying to do sort of like uh, some sort of online business, most recently podcast. Yeah. Um, so I know that isolation is like, it's really deadly because you make really bad decisions <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to feel good. I mean, and it's, it's, even when you know that yeah. you have to get out and be around people and it's natural and it happens to everybody and blah, blah, blah. And you, all of your, <laughs> your, your rational mind can be full of all the reasons why you'll be okay when you're isolated. Yeah. You still need those, the, those happy chemicals or you're going to do something to get them. But, right. Yeah. Right. So you just, the answer is don't isolate yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. You can't do more, it. Don't do it. More, more specifically, find a healthy way to fill the need. Yes. Otherwise, you're just going to fill it with something unhealthy. Right. There is the need is going to get filled in some way, right? Correct. You can't, you can't do anything about it. Right. So, so make sure it's healthy before it gets unhealthy. Is the takeaway, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to the addiction side, because a lot of people are afraid to get addicted, you know, from trying drugs. And that's exactly what the experiment proved, that it's not about addiction. It's not about quitting the drug. It's not even about the about, drug. Exactly. And actually, the, the, the guy that did the experiment gave this beautiful example with heroin and the heroin that they use in, in hospitals, which is morphine. Yeah. It's basically chemically very close, but people that get off, you know, the, the treatment in the hospital never get addicted to the to the morphine or almost never. Right. Why? Well, it's it's because they have their needs met and they don't need it. Right. 
but the people that try the heroin in the first place try it from a very bad place right because they're not you know they're isolated in most most cases or they they're in a bad environment mm-hmm. and quitting the heroin is, is, is never the the you know the issue here it's not the addiction right it's getting the need met in a healthy way yeah right yes getting some hugs <laughs> that that's a beautiful way to get you know a need met yeah right oh my goodness so, when it, whenever i cuddle with my wife uh i'm thinking oxytocin (laughs) (laughs) that's beautiful man your wife is your heron (laughs) that's right (laughs) it's the best you know before we we're getting close to wrapping up because we're getting coming up on our hour but um, i wanted to go over a thing where um like this trip to japan was my best ever Hmm. and uh and i don't know exactly what to attribute it to but i'm gonna attribute it to i was on a no alcohol sort of like phase for Mm -hmm. about 30 to 45 days ish before i i went and in the past i was always like you know like dreading these trips right mostly just because of the travel i like Mm -hmm. being there and doing the things when we're there Right. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the uh, it's the plane ride. And then and then we land and I'm exhausted. And and then right. we've got another two hours to sit in the airport and then another three hours. It's just <laughs> the world's right. longest. Getting there is the problem. Yeah. It's just the world's yeah. longest day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And at some point I was like, I just need to stop first. I needed to stop whining in my head about, oh, my God, I need to be sleeping now. <laughs> because nobody else is hearing it other than me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And it's yeah. not helping me at all. Right. Yeah. So the year before last or not this year, but last year was my then best because I just turned off that voice and said, I just kept telling myself, I'm okay. I'm a little sleepy, but I'm okay. Right. Nice. And, and I was fine. And then when I got there, I, I tried this trick that I read in a book uh, yeah. of doing some push-ups and a little bit of exercise right when you get off the plane. Mm-hmm. And that helps so much. Um, I just like just mood boost and like so much between those two things, I was just like worlds of difference, right? This year was even better. So last year, the trip was better, but then the next day in the sequence uh, and every day after that, like around 2 or 3 p.m., I would feel like I was going to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. My body was just really like not liking that time zone, right? Yeah, and I yeah. would tell myself, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then that wave would pass in about an hour, and I was okay. But I, I still went through it, right? Yeah. This year, I didn't, right? So nice. I just like, I was like, the ride was fine. The airport was fine. No whining. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, yeah, no, I'm good. You know? And when I got to the bed, I was like, man, I, I could stay up. <laughs> wow. wow. I know. And it was all from the internal shift, right? It was mostly the internal shift. And then I think this year not having, I think my better, my body was just better able to physically deal with it on zero alcohol for like 30 plus days. Nice. You know, and I think a body can tolerate a certain amount of alcohol in a day, but that amount is like somewhere, you know, probably the best amount is none. 
(laughs) (laughs) But like one is probably, you know, if you're going to do a a regular drink, one is probably a good limit. If, if you can't do zero, (laughs) (laughs) I did, I did drink when I was in Japan just because it was like, um, the thing that I do, it was attached to my identity. So I was like, every meal, my parents are like, here's Jeff's big beer. I'm like, (laughs) okay, all right, I guess I'll have that beer. And then there was this other day that we meet with uh, one of my wife's uh, friends and Mm -hmm. she likes beer. So we're beer buddies. So it was like <laughs> they bought me a bunch of beer, you know, and it would be rude oh. not to drink it. <laughs> oh, the social pressure. That's right. That's right. Oh. Now I'm going to try to start telling my wife, like, uh, tell you me, I, I don't need that much beer. Let's just have a couple, you know, and we can right. still be beer buddies, but let's not be <laughs> <laughs> four beer buddies, or yeah, five okay. beer buddies. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. It was fun though. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been a blast, George. It's a lot of fun, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You know, you should come back sometime. You could, you would make a good co-host. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. <laughs> Looking forward to another invite. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, whatever you'll, you'll see me on the forums and I, I'm usually lurking in the background on those calls too. I don't know if you show up for those, the coaching calls. Yeah, sometimes they're uh, in a bit of a weird time time, time zone for yeah, me. Yeah. So right, yeah, me too. Sometimes. It's like yeah. 10 a.m. is usually when I'm podcasting or something else. Or yeah, oh, okay. it's it's kind of a weird time for me too. But when I when I can, I, I get on there and I I listen. <clears throat> but yeah, they're fun. Okay, thanks, brother. So you are George. Let me make sure I get your last name right. Halachev, right? Perfect. A plus. Hey, thank you. <laughs> And georgehalachev.com, where your blog and links to your uh, coaching pages are there, too. Yep. Okay. Totally. Cool. Thanks, George. This has been a blast. Awesome. Thank you, man. Have a great day. You, too. See ya. See ya. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V double E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer.